Hi, my friends, and welcome again to another episode of Bible Made Easy. I'm your host, Brother George. Thanks for joining me today. In our last episode, I told you that the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments, though written centuries apart by about 40 different authors, tell us one unified story. Today, I'm going to tell you what the unified story is, and also zoom out and go through the Bible section by section to give you the bird's eye view of this continuing narrative. That way, no matter what part of the Bible you happen to be reading, you'll be able to read it within the context of the overall narrative. Having a Bible in your hand while going through this with me might be helpful, or you can look at the list of Bible books I've provided in the show notes if you want. But you don't have to, to get the point. So here goes. Let's start with the first book of the Old Testament, Genesis. Genesis tells us the beginning of the story in about 4000 BC, with God creating the heavens and the earth and the beautiful paradise of the Garden of Eden in which there is no evil, sickness, death or anything that hurts or destroys. He puts the first two humans in there, Adam and Eve, and they and their descendants can live there forever in perfect harmony with God and each other as long as they obey him by refraining from eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the happy beginning and God's intended permanent state for his creation. This is also the way the last book of the Bible tells us things will eventually be in heaven for those who choose to accept his salvation. But before that happy ending, a whole lot of drama happens in between, and that is what the Bible narrative is all about. The story of how our sins have separated us from God, and God's long-term plan to restore the relationship forever. Back to the Garden of Eden. Enter the villain. God's jealous adversary, the fallen angel, the devil, otherwise known as Lucifer or Satan, didn't like this happy relationship between God and humankind, and he tries to break it up. So he persuades the first couple to disobey and eat the fruit. The relationship is fractured, though not completely broken. And from then on, all hell breaks loose on earth. Humankind loses the automatic right to eternal life, and death, sickness, and all manner of evil enters into our world and even wreaks havoc on nature. While this breaks God's heart, he doesn't interfere with his children's choices, but rather as a good father, he allows them to go their own way and learn their lessons the hard way, hopefully coming out wiser and more appreciative of him in the end. So God evicts Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden and tells them that life is going to be hard, but for those obedient to him, he gives extra special protection and blessings. And he continues to offer eternal salvation to those who do have faith in him and the Savior that he promised to send one day. But things go from bad to worse as we go further into the book of Genesis. In spite of God's mercy on them, within 1,500 years, humankind had gotten so chaotic and depraved that chapter 6 says that the thoughts and acts of the people were continually evil and that the earth had become filled with violence. God was so heartbroken and grieved that in order to ensure that this situation didn't continue from generation to generation, he virtually had no choice but to hit the force reset button 
by destroying the whole world through a flood and saving the only obedient family alive, Noah and his family. God's hope was that through this reset of humanity, Noah's descendants would have learned the lessons he intended. But unfortunately, Genesis tells us that humankind went straight back to its evil ways of ignoring their creator and descended into the worship of false gods, violence and depravity all over again. In Genesis chapter 12, about 300 years after the flood, that's about 2200 BC, God initiates the next step in his long-term plan for the redemption of humankind and restoration of his relationship with us. He calls a Babylonian man named Abram, later called Abraham, and he commands him to leave behind his former nation and culture and to form a completely new nation based on faith and obedience to God. God promises him that his descendants would be countless in number, that the whole earth would be blessed through him, and that he would even give his descendants a physical homeland, Israel, then known as Canaan. The purpose of this new society was to create a community of obedient believers in the one true God who could be an example to an evil world of the blessings and joy of following him, and also to pave the way for the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, and the ultimate restoration of our relationship with God. The community of descendants of Abraham multiplies quickly, but suffers some twists and turns and ends up being enslaved in Egypt for about 400 years until about 1400 BC when Moses comes on the scene and we arrive at the second book of the Bible called Exodus. With God's miraculous help, Moses liberates Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, or Hebrews or Jews as they were alternatively referred to. So they escape from Egypt and eventually they move in to claim possession of the land God promised them and firmly establish the new nation of Israel. In the books of Exodus through to Joshua, you will find the story of the escape from Egypt, the conquest of the promised land, and the setting up of the new society of God. A very pivotal point in the narrative are the laws and instructions that God gives his people. He draws a very specific day and night contrast between the behavior he wants and expects from them and the behavior of the Egyptians and other surrounding nations that failed to obey God after the flood. From the get-go, God firmly forbade them to engage in evils such as worshipping false gods, murder, ritualistic human sacrifice, including child sacrifice, violence, sexual assault and all manner of sexual perversions, including sex with animals, adultery, forced slavery and human trafficking, theft, oppression of the poor, disrespect for parents, and more. God so hated these behaviors that he called them abominations to him, And seeing the Hebrews heavily influenced by the culture of the Egyptians and other nations, he instituted tough new laws to root out such evils in this new society. It was at this time that God gave the famous Ten Commandments, and also about 600 other laws encompassing all aspects of their lives, including morality, justice, health, economics, worship, and more. Also included were commandments to love him and others with all their hearts, to be merciful, to be generous to each other, to care well for the sick, 
poor and other disadvantaged, and even to take one day off per week for rest and worship. God also instituted a system of rituals and ceremonies to be performed in worship of Him, for the seeking of forgiveness of sins and as acknowledgments of the coming Messiah, all which formed the heart of maintaining the people's relationship with God. At the time, the surrounding nations were mostly ruled by dictatorial kings and had unjust legal systems. But the new legal system God gave the Hebrews, though necessarily tough, was the most advanced, fair and well-balanced of the time. God promised He would greatly bless this new nation of people if they maintained their relationship with Him and obeyed His laws. But he also promised that if they wandered from him and disobeyed his laws, he would remove his blessings and life would be hard. It was a very hopeful step forward in getting humankind to live as he hoped. So how did Israel do? From its establishment as a nation all the way until the birth of Jesus, Israel goes through a roller coaster ride of highs and mostly lows. You can read all about it in the historical narratives of the books of Joshua through to Esther and the historical and prophetic books from Isaiah until Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. In these books, we see that when Israel obeyed God's commandments, he blessed and prospered them as a nation of faith. But when they forgot God, disobeyed and went back to the forbidden behaviors of the surrounding nations, they suffered all sorts of calamities, such as civil war, economic disaster, famines, plagues, endless attacks and colonization by foreign powers, and even losing their country altogether. Throughout this whole period, God shows enormous mercy to his wayward children by sending prophets to guide and correct them and to implore them to return to him and by giving them chance after chance after chance. But unfortunately, most of the time, they reject the messages of the prophets, and disaster follows. However, in spite of the overall failure of Israel to live as God intended, great progress was made in God's overall plan to reconcile all of humanity to Him, and to teach us how to live in love. Many of the Israelites were obedient, And though they were flawed heroes, they offered the world wonderful examples to follow. People such as Noah, Abraham, David, Solomon, Daniel, Esther, and many others. The family of obedient and faithful ones started by Abraham continues to this day, and is blessed and countless in number, as God promised. The Old Testament scriptures also came to be written by the faithful for our future benefit, including the books from Job through to the Song of Solomon, which contained beautiful passages of life lessons, wisdom, poetry, and praise. And the prophets gave hundreds of prophecies foretelling the coming of the Messiah who would bring salvation, the eventual eternal victory over sin and death, and the eternal restoration of our relationship with God for those who want it. Wow! And that brings us to the end of the Old Testament, which ended at about 400 BC. There are no biblical books stemming from that time until the birth of Jesus. But an abundance of historical documents tell us that Israel continued to suffer because of disobedience to God throughout that period, and that the surrounding nations continued their idolatry and depraved behaviors as well. Thus, the need for the next step in God's plan to restore our relationship with Him. 
and I'll talk about that in the next episode. That's all for today, everyone. If you want to study further about today's topic, I'll include some links in the show notes. Please be sure to subscribe by hitting the subscribe or follow button. And also feel free to share this podcast with your family and friends. And not only that, please hit the like button and leave a positive comment. That would be much appreciated. I'm looking forward to you joining me next time. God bless you all.